0: This is a Stand Up Labs production,
1: powered by digital media. This week on the program, we touch on a number of topics that we've been holding off on for the last few weeks, right, Joey? Finally, we're getting to them. Yeah, I agree. We've had so much to get into. Uh, We actually touch on something that we talked about in MSP01 90 episodes ago. Wow. We get into a very solid 2016 update, a sad update about Chelsea Manning. Uh, A lot of other stuff. I think it's a really good episode. You enjoyed it. Yes, I did. I think the Samsonites will too. Stay tuned. The Mandatory Samson Podcast coming to you from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. Woo! Hello, my name is Christopher Flannery. I'm joined, as always, by the Pink Polo co host, Joseph Doey. Thank you, Chris. Solid intro. Oh, thank you. We're also being produced by Hannah. Hannah's a little reluctant to say hi on the microphone, but I'll probably get her to say something at some point during the show. She gave me a thumbs up, but I think she's lying. Uh, we also have Andrew and Johnny in the house. Pretty exciting, Joe, to have a nice little audience uh, Yes, it is off the top of the show. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I think we have a good one lined up for you today. Wide ranging. We got quick hits up top. 2016 update to close it out. Um, and we're going to touch on some topics we missed over the last few weeks. I think it's going to be nice. Yes.
2: What do you know? Do you know what we're talking about today? Yes, I, I took a look at the notes as usual. All right. And uh, I feel confident, bro.
1: Oh, very good. Uh, how's your Pokemon catching going? Your Pokemon collecting? Uh, it's a little fucked up that you guys are just capturing these things. What if they want to just roam free?
2: They roam free in my home. About that?
1: Oh, okay. That makes no sense.
2: And uh, I'm still level 20. And What? Uh, that's so embarrassing. A, Two weeks a in a huge, row. It's a huge battle to get over that hump.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's pathetic. You're going to get hammered <laughs> in the SoundCloud comments. Uh, speaking of comments, I got TS the Drummer. is a, a big fan of the podcast. He's always... Getting in touch. I really appreciate it. He sent me a message on Snapchat. The cop uh, that shot the therapist last week, remember the guy with the hands up? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he got shot in the leg for yeah. no reason. He asked the cop, Why did you shoot me? And the cop's response was, I don't know. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good answer. <laughs> it's a great answer. Uh, we also have a couple of emails at the end of the podcast. I'm being honest right now off the top. This is going to be a long episode. I'm not sure if we're going to have time to do those emails. I swear to God, we will answer them next week or whatever. They will come up. Shouldn't be screwing, bro. It's it's fine. If we have time at the
2: end of the show, though, we will get to them. Are you ready for the first sidetrack of the episode? I'm going to do it right now. Sure. How do you feel about the snap? no. Instagram stories.
1: I don't like it. I find it annoying. I, I don't like seeing people's I don't really use Snapchat other than to look at people's lives. You mean Instagram? No, I, I'm saying I, I Snapchat when I go on Snapchat, yes. I like to look at people's stories. I don't really use it myself. Oh, okay. so when they add it to Instagram, it's not like I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna do this. I won't. And I don't like the little circle faces at the top. It's too much. You're just adding too much. That's why I like Twitter. They don't go crazy. Looks the same, kind of stays the same. It serves its purpose, and that's it. I don't really like the the new Instagram thing. You you do? I haven't used it. I I just thought it was kind of stealing,
2: and I'm opposed to stealing.
1: Well, it's not stealing, but yeah, I mean they're they're copying the similar feature. format, yeah. similar feature, right? Well, they did it with um, you know, Vine and whatever they 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 did the they started doing the video on Instagram, then they upped it. It's, oh, that's know. true. So they're, it is what it is. Uh, I'm not crazy about it though. Okay. All right. you want to get into some shit here? We got a lot, yes. Joey. Do you remember the fapping? Fappening? Yeah, the fappening. We talked about it literally on episode one, MSP 01, episode one of this podcast. We talked about the fappening. It was when all those nude pictures of Jennifer Lawrence and different celebrities leaked. Kate Upton. Yes. Kate Upton, yeah. Last Thursday... Andrew Helton, a 29-year-old, was sentenced to six months in federal prison or the same amount of time you get for digital back-alley rape, if you remember, Brock Turner, uh, after pleading guilty in February to stealing 161 nude photos from 13 people, including people like Jennifer Lawrence, Kate Upton, etc. Authorities don't think he's the one that leaked the photos because a 36-year-old named Ryan Collins pled guilty in March to doing that. Uh, it's just an interesting... Follow up. I mean, we're on episode 91. So, 90 episodes ago, we talked about this. Now, somebody was. Justice has been served. Well, is it? We we got this quote from Stephanie S. Christensen, who's an assistant U.S. attorney. She says, He targeted strangers, acquaintances, and celebrities alike. He trolled through their private email accounts, accessing the most private of communications. He systematically pilfered nude and intimate images of his victims and stored them in his own computer excuse me, for personal use. It seems to me like she's trying to paint a picture
2: that you have this very deviant guy, mastermind who's hacking crap and <laughs> doing things above and beyond.
1: Yeah. But that doesn't seem to be what the case is. Well, no, because we have a quote from Andrew Helton, actually. And he says, there was no expertise involved. All I did was essentially copy and paste. He claims there wasn't a lot of... He just went on and found like a list serve or something and mm-hmm. was able to get into these accounts. And he goes, those who read about my case probably imagine me in a room hatching fiendish plots to take advantage of people. The truth is, when this was going on, it was usually filled with tears and suffering. What does that mean? I don't know. I guess he was depressed. And so he, you know, he found joy in the nudity of Jennifer Lawrence. I don't know. He got like a thrill out of doing this, I guess, but he wasn't doing it to ruin anybody's life or put the pictures out there. I mean, whatever. Look, do you, the kids, somebody should probably get punished for for that, I guess, to an extent, but let's be honest, our NSA and our surveillance program, they're doing, they're doing that too. Yeah. They're absolutely looking at new pictures of Jennifer Lawrence 24, seven. They probably are, right? I mean, I would be if you worked at the NSA, And that's the problem with the NSA. And that's what Snowden's always talking about. It's not like they have these just super moral geniuses working at the NSA. It's not really the case. They have common people. Yeah. They're just regular people at a certain point. It's like the guy that walks through the door at the airport that we were talking about. There's human nature involved in all this stuff. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just wanted to bring this up. Something we talked about in the first episode, the kid's going to jail, six months. I bring up the Brock Turner thing. I said it kind of sarcastically, but it is ridiculous that Brock Turner rapes an unconscious chick in an alley Mm -hmm. six months. He'll get out in three months for good behavior. This guy, okay, doesn't do the greatest thing in the world, but when you're talking harm, I mean, who did more damage there? Yes. All right. Got anything else to say about that? Not on that. Okay. Let's move on. Here we go. President Obama on Wednesday commuted the sentences of a record number, 214 federal inmates, 67 of them were serving life sentences. No more. Now they have the opportunity to, to at least get paroled and get out of jail. At some point, most of the inmates receiving shortened sentences will be released December 1st. Mm, early Christmas gift. Yes. Excuse me. Polish seltzer, orange vanilla. It's a classic that I always go to. Listen, Samsonites, if you're in contact with the Polish Seltzer Company, just tell them how much we appreciate the work that they're them. doing over there. And I, I drink it every day. Everybody in the room can vouch. They see it. Uh, almost all the prisoners, Joey, were doing time for nonviolent drug offenses. Possession and intent to distribute various forms of cocaine is what the majority of them uh, were sentenced for. The reason why this is interesting, because a lot of people are on the right are going to hammer Obama, like, oh, it's letting criminals out of jail. They're nonviolent drug mm-hmm. offenses. And when it says various forms of cocaine, that means crack cocaine, essentially, right? There are people that have been charged with selling crack, possessing crack. There's an 18 to 1 crack versus cocaine sensing disparity in this country. It's the same drug, all right? You create the same Effect. effect. One is just a derivative of the other, but okay, they're the same thing. But you're way more likely if you come from poor socioeconomic background if you're a minority you're more likely to be involved with crack than you are with cocaine cocaine's like a well-to-do drug it's a rich man's drug it's a rich man's drug it's a white it's a suburban drug uh 18 to 1 disparity if you get caught with crack which is fucked up racist that's systemic racism period um and good for obama i'd like to see him just let all of the weed people out of jail too all of them. Just let all them, two million people in. I think Rockefeller would be somewhat upset at that. I don't give a shit. Uh, and on top, it's like if cocaine is a not, it's a non drug offense. That's a worse drug than marijuana, definitely. Mm-hmm. Let all the nonviolent weed offenders out, people that were selling weed. Like yes. no big deal. That'd be phenomenal. People would lose their bananas though if, if that was the case. Also, I wonder how much plays into that
2: they were spending more money keeping them imprisoned than it was worth, too. It yeah, probably has a lot to do with it.
1: Uh absolutely. I mean there's overcrowding in our in our prisons. We're the we're the most incarcerated country in the world. We put the biggest percent I think maybe other than China, but we put the biggest uh you know percentage of our people in jail. It's um, it's a waste of time. You could send people to, to a college program for less money than it costs to keep them in prison. Yeah. 100%. So good for Obama. By the way, interestingly enough, Obama's approval rating, July 25th to the 31st, he's at 53%. So Obama's riding pretty high right now uh, at a 53% approval rating. Exiting office, which is which is nice, because then when he gets out of office, we've talked about it a number of times, very influential yes. you know, out-of-office
2: press. Uh, The interesting thing about this story, though, is you had 67 people with life sentences. So that means that you have a bunch of people that was, you know,
1: selling drugs, but would otherwise
2: be in prison for the rest of their lives.
1: Absolutely. And it's, again, nonviolent. That's the thing that people don't seem to understand. Do you really think people need to go to jail for life for nonviolent offenses? No. No. And... Right, it's these mandatory minimum things. It's third strike, like no matter what the offense was, it's your third strike. Yeah, so you know that. I mean, that stuff needs to be fixed systemically. But good for Obama, I think it shines a spotlight on it, and hopefully that um, you know whoever becomes the next president, Hillary, uh, will will work on this issue because it's an important one. I think there's bipartisan concern about this. You know, it's something that everybody can kind of rally around. The evangelicals should be for this. People like giving a second chance, that type of thing.
2: Yeah, because Jesus was pretty much about second chances and helping out the people who, you know, made a
1: mistake. Oh, please. The, 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 everybody that could, that's the, we have more stuff about religion later in the episode, so we'll <laughs> get into it. But it's like people that, Christians, evangelicals, listen to what Jesus said. Stop listening to what the Bible you think it says or what, you know, Mike Pence tells you it means. It's like, that is insane. If you listen to Jesus, Jesus was pretty much cool with everybody. He was like, be nice to everybody, do what you want, don't hurt anyone. That was his whole thing. That was his whole message. Be forgiving. Be kind to people. Love everybody. Not, well, if you're gay, can't (laughs) can't get this pizza at my parlor. It's like, oh, my God, you're missing the point so much. Um, I got a quote here. We'll we'll move on to the next thing. Neil Eggleston is White House counsel. Mm -hmm. He says, all of the individuals receiving commutation today, incarcerated under outdated and unduly harsh sentencing laws, embody the president's belief that America is a nation of second chances. So there you go. I like that. A Nation of Second Chances. You're going to write that down as a potential title? Yes, I am. All right. Listen to this. Talk about somebody getting a second chance and now has to resign. Bill Bratton, the 68-year-old two-time New York City police commish, uh, resigned on Tuesday after 31 months on the job. Bratton pioneered the stop and frisk and broken windows policies while under Giuliani. Mm -hmm. Uh, You familiar with those two things? Yes, I am. The idea behind the broken windows thing, which is really what's insidious. I mean, look, stop and frisk is a problem, too. Where you just That guy looks like a problem. Let's stop him and see if he has something in his pockets. And if he does, then then he's fucked. That's a horrible policy. The broken windows policy is sort of the same idea. If you catch people doing low-level crime, the idea is that you'll prevent bigger crime down the road because those are the people that end up getting involved in those schemes and things like that. But mm-hmm. that really doesn't make sense. And it's sort of just a way to hassle poor people, you know, people of color. Like, that's really what that's for.
2: Yes. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say is, uh, w- with the broken windows theory, yeah. in this case, there was data showing that under his leadership, the NYPD crime rate dropped significantly, and there was historic low rates of murder and shootings while he was in.
1: Well, the murder rate around the world has dropped and especially in the United States, the murder rate has just been declining for decade after decade. Okay. The re- And, yeah, of course, crime, stati- yeah, crime will drop if you're bothering people like Eric Garner for selling Lucy's, if you're stopping people for petty theft, you know, things like that. Yeah, of course. But you're not really stopping major crime. It, you know, it is just an excuse to get into neighborhoods where people are, of course, doing petty theft or whatever, little crimes, selling drugs, things like that, because... The economy sucks for them, and they, they that's what they're doing mm-hmm. day to day. Yeah, of course, if you go bother people that are doing that, yeah, you'll drop the crime rate, certainly. But does it amount to anything necessarily? No. Meanwhile, on Monday, uh, Black Lives Matter aligned protesters, the Millions March NYC, occupied the park next to City Hall, calling on Bratton to leave office, which he did now. So that's a mistake, I think, on Bratton's part and on the NYPD to let him resign after a day of protests, because now you've just, embold- I'm happy about it. Like that, that's fine. But y- if you're them, if you're on that side of the equation, you've just emboldened people now to think that <laughs> their protests are really going to work all the time. They're going to go set up in every park and try to get people to resign.
2: Hmm. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. You might be right that they inherently admitted that he was not fault then and needed to well, get of out. Course, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yes. So now what does that entail? Does black lives matter get to help write some policy? Do they get to help, you know, shape the narrative about who becomes the next police commissioner. It's an interesting thing. This is the statement from Million Man, uh, Million March NYC. Bratton's reg- resignation is a huge win for the NYC grassroots movement that, for years, has been fighting for the NYPD commissioner to be fired and to end uh, broken windows policing. So there you mm. go. That's a big deal. I mean, the guy was there for a long time under Giuliani. He resigned ninety six. Yeah, uh, and then he's been back, I guess, since two thousand thirteen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. He was on. Uh, this is also interesting. Just another stat that I saw. He was making 1.9 million a year doing consulting when he got called back to be the commissioner in New York. Almost two million dollars consulting, which just means, which means spreading his took, ideas. Yes.
2: Which means he took a pay cut <laughs> to help the citizens of New York City.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, it's a prestigious job. That's the thing. You do you go do that job for three years, leave. Now you're going to make two and a half million dollars every time you give a speech. It's like you know what I mean. Okay. That's what it's about. And that's the problem with the public-private kind of cycle that we see throughout government where Mm -hmm. work at Goldman Sachs, become Treasury Secretary. Now you go and consult at Goldman Sachs. Oh, now you work in the State Department. It's the same. It's this revolving door of people going from lobbying to working for you, quote, in the government. That's a huge issue. And that's the same thing here. This guy's getting rich, spreading ideas that people in New York don't want. Yes. Right? I mean, so that's a... that's typically an issue but anyway bill bratton's gone so that's uh big news we'll see who comes in next
2: see because under one point i thought he was gonna run for office
1: yeah it's a pain in the ass to run for office joey honestly yeah it's not worth it what did you read something about that that, that, that no no, no, no. At it? just
2: uh at the last election, I, I just thought he was positioning himself for for a run at the mayorship.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's in that position if he wants. I mean, maybe not at this point right now, but he's always had that opportunity, I think, as somebody that's been a very prominent police commissioner across the country. Um, you know, a law and order type mm-hmm. of guy. So, but whatever. But now it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. All right. This is a update on something we talked about, I guess, last week or the week before. Chelsea Manning. Mm-hmm. Um, after a July 5th suicide attempt, according to the ACLU Manning, this, this one, Joe. before I even read this stuff, this one really breaks my heart and this one bothers me. It's extremely frustrating. Chelsea Manning could face new punishments relating to quote administrative offenses after the suicide attempt. These are the potential new punishments that this person could face after she tried to kill herself in desperation, essentially, for Mm -hmm. being in a horrific situation, for trying to do the right thing. I mean, did the right thing. She's getting punished for it, tried to kill herself. Now, this is the other punishment she could face because of it. Indefinite indefinite solitary confinement, reclassification as a max security prisoner, nine additional years to her sentence. She's serving 35 now, so that'd be 44. (sighs) And potentially negating her chance of parole. So she know, I'm stuck. There's no way I'm going to get out quicker than, you know, 35 years. This
2: makes 100% sense. She's having a horrible time Mm -hmm. adjusting, as most humans would in this situation. Yeah. And they're going to not help her, but make the situation worse by giving her more prison time and throwing her in a cell by herself.
1: Well, it sends the message loud and clear. Don't fuck with us. Don't vote your conscience. Don't use your own moral judgment. If you see that we're bombing civilians, if you see that we're being callous about the fact that, well, you shouldn't have taken children to a battlefield if you didn't want them to get shot by our Apache helicopters, go look at the collateral murder video that she released to WikiLeaks. um, They're sending that message. That's what they're trying to do with this person. It's terrible. Uh, I have a quote from Chase Strangio, who's an ACLU staff attorney. It is deeply troubling that Chelsea is now being subjected to an investigation and possible punishment for her attempt to take her life. The government has long been aware of Chelsea's distress associated with the denial of medical care related to her gender transition. Right. There's also somebody that went into jail as Bradley Manning and is transitioning to Chelsea Manning while in jail. So it's like, think about even that in that type of environment. Uh, And yet delayed and denied the treatment, recognized as necessary. Now, while Chelsea is suffering the darkest depression she has experienced since her arrest, the government is taking actions to punish her for that pain. It is unconscionable. Excuse me. And we hope that the investigation is immediately ended and that she's given the health care that she needs to recover.
2: I don't think she's going to receive that health care. Also, the UN already has accused the government of holding men in conditions that are constituted cruel, inhuman, and, as we said, degrading treatment. Yeah, of
1: course. Well, it's the same thing that's happening to... um, Not the same thing, but Assange has been cleared by the UN. They're like, this is an unlawful thing that you're doing to him, keeping him in that embassy. There's no way he should be stuck in there. Um, Yeah, but we have somehow in the United States just forgotten about international law. Like people here don't care about that. <laughs> you get a statement from the UN decrying it as inhumane degrading treatment. And we're like, well, means nothing. Yeah. It's, it's immaterial. Um, let's end with this. I got a couple of quotes from Chelsea Manning herself. She was interviewed in 2015 by Amnesty International. These are some of the quotes from that interview. Cause I think they fit here. Uh, She says, I am always afraid. I'm still afraid of the power of government. A government can arrest you. It can imprison you. It can put out information about you that won't get questioned by the public. Everyone will just assume that what they are saying is true. Sometimes the government can even kill you with or without the benefit of a trial. Governments have so much power and a single person often does not. It is very terrifying to face the government alone. It's a very difficult feeling to describe. And she's talking about being, you know, captured essentially by the government not long after i was first detained by the military i was taken to a prison camp in kuwait where i essentially lived in a cage inside of a tent i didn't have any access to the outside world i couldn't make phone calls i didn't get any mail i had very limited access to my lawyers there was no television or radio or newspapers i lost the sense of where in the world i was the military had total control over every aspect of my life they controlled what information i had access to they controlled where i ate When I ate and slept, they even controlled when I went to the bathroom. After several weeks, I didn't know how long I'd been there or how much longer I was going to be staying. It's an overwhelmingly terrifying feeling. I became very, very sad. At one point, I even gave up on trying to live anymore. And these fucking animals are going to put her in indefinite solitary confinement, potentially increase her time in prison for doing the right thing. Yes. Period. Also, the um, the
2: thing which is amazing is There is a history of issues, and they're not even taking that into consideration. This isn't the first time she's been depressed. Yeah, sure. And they've done nothing to help that.
1: Yeah. Well. Well, right, because they're not. I mean, because they're not trying to help. You know, that's the reason why nothing's being done. Again, this is to show you what happens if you're going to be a whistleblower. This is what's going to happen to you. This is the type of treatment. Look around the world. Look where Snowden is. Look where Assange is. Look where Chelsea Manning is. This is what this is the intent to make you go, I, I don't know. I want Better to not do that. it. Right. But that's why these people should be looked at, particularly Chelsea Manning, as somebody that is heroic. You did a heroic, patriotic thing. You saw something that was going on that was morally wrong. And you did something about it. And you did it. something about it. And you tried to go up the right chain of command she tried to talk to people up the ladder they told her to shut her mouth so okay no this is the right thing to do and she's certainly suffering and paying for it. her life has been thrown away over this thing yes but it was the right thing to do and we should all be outraged about this this is somebody that we should be fighting for we should be hearing chelsea manning's name every week why why is chelsea manning still in there politicians should be talking about it people should be saying this person needs to be released she did the right thing but no there definitely has
2: to be a movement in her name to to create some kind of atmosphere where they might review the sentencing and try to get her.
1: Yeah, well, that's the problem in a military tribunal, too. It's different than, you yeah. know, a, a court or, or whatever. It's, you know, there's different procedures. The thing that she does like is she can get letters and stuff for now. She likes hearing from people, telling her, you know, what's going on in the world and stuff like that. So there's ways to contact her, yeah. um, you know, Write Chelsea Manning a letter. That'd be nice. an email. There's different forms you could fill out, and just you know, tell her you're thinking of her because it's a, ter- a horrific situation. And I really hope because she just appealed this, the 35 year sentence. We talked about it, yes. you know, a month ago, which is the longest by far that anybody's ever been, um, you know, imprisoned for doing a similar thing. I think in Canada, if I could be wrong. The maximum is like 19 years or something. Mm-hmm. She's got 35 years, and now it could be increasing because she tried. To, she's so sad and sickened by her scenario that she deserves more time there. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? They're what, not
2: thinking about it. Well, and this is
1: somebody that is good for the country. This is somebody that has a, a mind of their own and is an intelligent person. Use them. Don't just lock them away and forget about them. She blew the whistle. Yeah, well, and now and now she's paying for it. Um, all right. You got any final thoughts about that? No. Okay. Um, Syria airstrikes, Joey. So this is interesting. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Maybe last week. I don't even know when we talk about any of this stuff. But uh, do you remember Manbij, the northern Syrian city we discussed? Yes. Where ISIS was offered a surrender plan. They and they chose not down. to take it. Right. Well, monitoring groups are saying that as few as 56 civilians... Potentially up to 160 civilians have been killed by coalition airstrikes on Tuesday, which is possibly the highest civilian death toll ever during the campaign against ISIS. Um, the toll could continue to rise. The Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, amongst others, have you know calculated the number of people that could have been killed in this single day of airstrikes. So far, eleven strikes have been. Performed, or whatever you want to say, in 48 hours, 450 since May, 190 dead civilians, not counting this group, uh, and 39 kids, 23 women have been killed so far in the US led, whatever, non invasion of Syria, whatever we're doing, the airstrikes against ISIS. Yeah, it's a shame. Um,
2: This is nothing new. Right. And I really feel bad for the other 70,000 citizens that are screwed and cannot leave the uh, the country.
1: Yeah, I mean, everything that you're reading about Syria, um, it's hell, pretty much, is how they're describing it. Like, there's, there's nothing good that's going on there. Now, obviously, we've liberated people, and I have a clip that we're going to watch in a second that I think is interesting. Because mm-hmm. um, it kind of goes against the narrative that you hear a lot of time when there's terrorist attacks or whatever, when it's some Muslim guy that blows some shit up. A lot of people are like, well, he needs to denounce it, and blah, blah, blah. Well, we have a video of some some women, Muslim women. We'll talk about it in a second, mm-hmm. but okay, but we, ha- we have something that con- goes against that narrative. Uh, well, whatever. Yeah, we might as well get into it here. So there was video released by... Oh, no, I have a quote. Pardon me. U.S. Marine Major Adrian J.T. Rankin-Galloway, which is just an unbelievably long name. He's a Pentagon spokesperson. He says, We are aware of reports alleging civilian casualties in the area. As with any allegation we receive... We will review any information we have about the incident, including information provided by third parties, such as the proximity of the location to combined joint task force airstrikes and any other relevant information presented. If the information supported the allegation is determined to be credible, we will then determine the next appropriate step. We take all measures during the targeting process to avoid or minimize civilian casualties or collateral damage and to comply with the principles of the law of armed conflict. So That's the official Pentagon statement.
2: So in English, he said, we know about it and we don't care.
1: (laughs) Well, he's like, look, we do everything we can to not blow up civilians, but sometimes it's going to (laughs) happen. If you know something happened, you can let us know. We'll look into it. But (laughs) that's pretty much how how that should have been read if it wasn't uh, written out that way. It's long winded. (laughs) Yeah. Video released by the Syrian Kurdish news agency, N-A-H-A, shows Syrian women... Liberated in Manbij, burning a burqa in celebration and defiance. The women were forced to wear the full-body garb under ISIS rule in public. Many Muslim women choose to wear the niqab, N-I-Q-A-B, but moderate Muslims don't or go with just like the classic headscarf that Mm. you'll you'll typically see. Um, ISIS Propaganda, published in 2015, said girls as young as nine could be married and women should only leave the house when absolutely necessary. Um, I have a quote here from Sa- we'll watch the video in a second but this is from Saud Hamidi who's a 19 year old woman from Syria she says they would punish people who did not follow the rules sometimes force them to stay in dug out graves for days uh, since the Syrian democratic forces took control we are living a new life would you like to see this video Joey these are the moderate Muslim women, women burning a burqa in defiance of ISIS alright planet All right. look at this very happy Now again These are Kurdish women And I, we've talked about this A number of times The Kurds are a moderate They're the moderate Muslims yes. like that, that everybody's always talking about uh, Look at this They're setting the burke on fire Which Good for you man They're having a hard time With the lighter But we're we'll watching it
2: I think it's fantastic However I uh, This also Bottles on oh, look at that More of A religious As well as political
1: Statement Well, it's both. That's what's crucial. That's what's crucial. I'm glad you said that. That's what's crucial about what goes on in the Middle East. It is this strange blend leaning more towards. Here, let me lower that. Okay, I'm just going to turn the sound off, but we see it. She's setting the Burke on fire. There's a lot of women there, children. They're all clapping. Good. Yes. Stop. Stop it. Stop living by these insane rules. Be part of the world. It's good. We can all get along. Uh, And again, these are not the people that are the problem. The people that force them to wear the shit, that's the the problem. You know what I mean? Again, a lot of people, I think, on the left say, well, it's their culture. Well, yeah. But but also, based on our culture, forcing women to to stay inside for their entire lives and wear black hoods and, and all the shit covering them, Anytime they go out into public, only when absolutely necessary, it's fucked up. We should be against that. It doesn't matter. You're only being reverential of it because it's religion, but religion is made up. It's not a real provable thing.
2: Also, if it's against their will, I have a huge issue with that. percent. Well, it, it, it's right. something different if someone chooses to follow and respect their beliefs, but when you're Obviously, imposing your beliefs on somebody else, it becomes a huge issue to me.
1: Yes, no doubt about it. Well, right. I mean, obviously, that's a huge dividing line for sure. Yeah, if you're being forced to do it, that's a terrible situation. But I think you got to get people to uh, to a point where, yeah, this is just a silly ritual. Even, honestly, I see yarmulkes, and I go, just give it up. You know, practice whatever you want. Practice the, the, the things. Like, that's fine, but it's just you're living by this kind of old mentality that doesn't need to – doesn't need to to happen.
2: Oh, it happens to die hard. Uh,
1: yes, they do, Joey, 100%. Um, but anyway, I think this is an important thing to to recognize and to see, because, again, after a lot of attacks, people on the right are often, uh, you know, critical of Muslims. Why don't they come out and say they're against? Well, there are people in the world. You're just not paying attention because they're doing it. They're doing it right now. And these are very brave women for doing this. It's great. Also, you have to keep in
2: mind, too, is certain individuals who would love to make a statement yeah. or in the wrong position to make a statement because if they do, they will be killed. Yes, uh, of course. that is a very sad statement of the times.
1: Yeah, in certain... Well, I mean, look, The I put a story after this one because I think it all kind of flows together in a nice way. We're going to talk about Pervy Patel from Indiana, okay? And this has another thing to do with religion and we're, I'm sure we're going to get into it there again. But right, but that's the thing. I mean, you need to support the moderate Muslims in the region because they're really the ones that are going to make the change happen. They're going to be willing to put themselves in harm's way, essentially, for freedom and to do the right thing. And progress. And progress. Um, secular values. And we talked about Ra- Ra- Raif Badawi, the, the Saudi blogger that, you know, receive is going to receive a thousand lashes for, you know, his secular writings and going against the Saudi royalty. Um, that's part of the problem, too, because we're allies with them. You know, we get caught up in this game of like, we need to defeat the terrorists and we need to fight again, you know, for the freedom of everybody. Oh, except we're in bed with a certain percentage of the dictators around the world that are these uh, theocratic, you know, situations in these countries. That's a fine line, Chris. Well, it's not a fine line, but it's a, it's, yeah, okay, it's a fine line, but it's like, it's a double edged sword. That's the thing. We can preach democracy, but then when a country elects a religious. Leader that we don't control, then we're not so in favor of democracy anymore. You know what I mean? It's this weird, yeah, it's this weird thing. um But anyway, I think that's an interesting story to put out there. Pretty cool, yes. right? It's the Kurds, man. That that's the thing. The Kurds in Iraq and Syria—they're the ones that, if you're going to support—and I'm not necessarily saying we have, but if we're going to support a group. It is probably the Kurds because they're the ones that are more willing to be secular Western democratic things like that. While being able to balance their religion with the idea of like, Oh, we're part of the world and we're not going to take it to the absolute extreme, you know, definitely. Um, all right. Why don't we get into Pervy Patel? You know, we're actually kind of getting through the episode a little bit quicker. The 2016 update is going to be a little longer because i got a bunch of clips and things like that that we're going to get to. Uh, why don't, we do, why don't we thank our sponsor before we get into the rest of the program? Does that sound good? Sounds great. A great business needs a stunning website. And with Wix.com, you can do it all by yourself. Wix.com makes it easy to look amazing online, no matter what type of business you're in. Show off your images in a beautiful gallery, grow your contact list, and get all your social media in one place, just the way you want. Your customers are going to love it. So what are you waiting for? Show the world what you can do. Go to Wix.com and create your stunning website today. It's easy. It's easy. And free. All right, Joey, uh, you ready to get into this next thing? Now, this is something, this Pervy Patel thing, which I think kind of transitions very smoothly from you know what we are just talking about in Syria, keeps along the same track with this whole religious vibe and how religion can be a, a serious problem in this country. Uh, this is something that happened a couple of weeks ago, and it's been ongoing for, for a few years now, but it sort of hit the fan again when Mike Pence became the VP pick for Trump. Mm-hmm. We didn't have time to get into it, but we're going to get into it today. On Friday, July 22nd, an Indiana appeals court halved a 20-year sentence of Pervy Patel, the first U.S. woman sent to prison for inducing her own abortion under Indiana's feticide law. Now, Mike Pence has been the governor of Indiana since 2013. Um, The appeals court ruling will cause her to be resentenced for child neglect, not Feticide. I have the definitions of both here. Feticide is the killing of a fetus still in the womb, and child neglect requires the infants to be born and born alive. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Patel was hiding her pregnancy. This is where the religious aspect of this whole thing comes in. Patel was hiding her pregnancy from her devout Hindu parents, which, by the way, that's very frustrating for me to hear, that Hindus also are, are that strict there's, there's rules about this shit and even Hinduism? Yes, and most cultures are pretty strict, Chris. I don't... Not in my culture. Not, not in this gentleman's world. Uh... She purchased an abortion indu- inducing drugs online. She miscarried on July 13th, 2013, and had to go to the hospital with heavy bleeding, obviously. Uh, she had emergency surgery to remove the placenta. Now, at the hospital, she lied and didn't, you know, no, I'm not, I wasn't pregnant. Like, listen, that's a placenta. We, we, you were. Uh, police found the, eventually, she said what happened. The police found the remains of the uh, fetus in a dumpster, charged her with two felony counts. Um, and then she was arrested later in July, and she was serving a 20-year sentence for trying to have an abortion. Uh, that is what she did. This Religion's is- at the heart of all this, Joey. You don't see it on both sides. This fucking goon, Pence. Meanwhile, good luck having this conversation in a, de- in a debate. Okay. It's going to be a big problem. Well, because we're pretending that he's just like this normal conservative guy, you know, that has, uh, you know— political bona that's going to help the uh, the Trump campaign. No, he's an extremist. He's an extremist socially where Trump is, you know, an extremist everywhere else. Okay. Uh, we have a situation
2: here where I see a lot of Americans mm-hmm. calling for some form of justice for the child that was essentially killed.
1: Well, what, what about this woman? The re- here, We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Oh, go ahead. you want to? Yeah. And in this case there might not
2: be a objective way of finding a punishment that fits
1: the crime well what well I challenged the character the characterization that this is a crime the reason why she had to go do any of this is because Indiana despite Roe versus Wade being like yeah abortion's legal you can have a safe abortion in this country it's mm-hmm. a legal thing they've done, And we talked about these restrictive abortion laws that have been passed where they're trying to find a way to get around the fact that abortion is legal. So they're not trying to outlaw abortion necessarily, but what they're saying is they're putting these undue pressures on abortion clinics. So they go, well, they have to have – the doctors that work at that clinic have to have admitting privileges at hospitals, which is rare. They have to have – hallways that are nine feet wide and 10 feet tall. So they have to like retrofit all of their abortion clinics and they don't have the money and they only give them like six weeks to do it, which is impossible. So oh, they're they trying close to sit down. Right. So then they end up having to shut them down based on these restrictive guidelines that have nothing to do with abortion other than they're trying to default, shut them down. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why this woman's in this situation. To begin with. She didn't have access to wh- her healthcare. True. Like, okay. Go ahead. I'm just putting that in, like, the proper context. Well, see,
2: the question becomes, then, um, we have a woman that falls into several different things. Mm -hmm. Like, at what point, like, it virtually is a religious aspect where it comes through. Was that child alive? Well, yeah. Or the way, also, Indiana has it set up where... She is a indirect recipient of harsh rules that were not intended for her situation.
1: Right. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, we're gonna get it. We're gonna break the whole thing down. She had a miscarriage. Essentially, that's what the pills do. Mm-hmm. They don't kill the pills. Don't kill the kid. The pills f- cause her to go into labor. Essentially, to give birth and have a miss. So this baby is not going to survive either way, either way. Right. Cause it's 20 something. We, it's not a viable outside of the mother. So the law and the idea of all these people is that like, who's going to protect the little baby? Like they're killing babies, but it's not a bit ba- like if, if it was carried to term and she gave birth to this kid and then threw it in the dumpster, that's a, yes, she killed the, a baby. Definitely. But she- there's procedures that if she didn't go through it this way, it wouldn't be this barbaric. It would be done in a... Controlled environment. Yeah, controlled environment, a proper setting with the proper people in place. Here's the thing, and let me say this. I think it often gets cast as... People who are pro choice like love abortion. Yeah, kill all the fucking fetuses. I don't care. No, I'd rather we were in a situation where people get pregnant when they actually want to get pregnant and they raise the child in a loving environment and we all live in a fucking Shangri La, but that's not the case. I think I understand the argument that people make where they go, well, if that child, if that fetus or whatever from the moment of conception, it's going to be a person. Right. Correct. I understand that. And I understand that argument. The problem is it's coming from a religious point of view that all people are born with a soul and that it's raw and all this stuff, but, but that's not, that, that is an unprovable, that is your belief. That's not something that is a real thing necessarily. And even if I do believe that I can't force you to believe it. I can't force Hannah to believe Mm -hmm. it. I can't force anybody to believe it. It's your thing. So to legislate, against a woman's ability to do something that is her own choice because it's her own body and it's her own life and it's her eternal damnation that she's willing to risk. You can't make laws against that. It is her decision. I might not want to personally do it, but why should I be able to tell you, no, you have to raise that kid? I can't. I shouldn't be able to do that. And I think it's a silly argument to consider it murder or whatever they're trying to say when it's, you know, eight, nine, 10 we- Like that's not a person you're killing. It's just not. I understand even uh, a six month ban after X amount of time or whatever. I have to do more research into it. It's not a huge issue to me, but I would understand banning it after a certain point. Cause it's like, all right, that is a, now that thing, could actually survive. Like that's a person now that that's living inside you six, seven months, like a super late term abortion. That is, that is fucked up. And I can see that being a gray area, but it's still not my choice. Yes. Right. And again, it's like, it's all religion on both sides. Pence is a super conservative guy, very anti-gay. He's passed a lot of, you know, gay, uh, against gay marriage and all this stuff. He's very anti-gay against abortion, this guy's got a lot of issues, and he's running with Trump. So keep that in mind too. I said it about uh, Tim Kaine that he's super religious mm-hmm. and it, it creeps me out. It will probably keep me from voting for him. Well, Tim uh, Mike Pence takes it to a fucking completely different level. So, so you feel that? And this woman shouldn't be in. I mean, twenty years in jail for this? This woman went to jail for for you know essentially. Exercising her right to health care. you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Well, uh,
2: I in this case, I would have to blame a little bit on the judge on the sentences, uh, uh, sentencing. I think she was grossly missentenced. Well, and now they're going to re- redo it. But we'll however, see. my concern is you're having the same person who did the last sentence sentence her again. From what I understand,
1: yeah, probably, but it's uh, with different charges. So look, this woman's going to be stay in jail. She's been in jail for like a year or two. Uh, she's going to get another five, six, seven years. You know, like, it's going to be a long jail sentence. I got a quote here from Yamani Hernandez, who's a National Network of Abortion Funds director. She says, The Indiana Court of Appeals ultimately failed Pervy Patel. People of color are bearing the brunt of unscientific laws. That's what's key about this. It's all, you know, I believe... That that's a life and all life. Meanwhile, we've talked about it a million times. Yeah. It's only life until it slides out of the fucking birth canal and then you don't give a shit about it. Nope. You don't get a handout. Fucking take her. Go get a job. Like we don't care about people once they're actually on, you know, terra firma when they're in the womb. It's like, Oh, poor baby. It's just, it's a, it's a nonsense thing. Purvi Patel, people of color are bearing the brunt of unscientific laws and misplaced moral outrage against abortion, which is uh, blurring into the territory of miscarriage, putting any pregnant person at risk of prosecution and incarceration. Right. Mm -hmm. How can you prove that somebody didn't do something to induce a miscarriage? You can't. Right. You can prove that she did, though you uh yes because we there's evidence she said she did but mm. i'm just saying but but you are getting into a situation then where if somebody has a miscarriage and the doctor's like hmm this seems a little suspicious now what are you going to put people who are going through a bad time it's what we're time. doing at chelsea mint right it needs to stop and the decision to go uh didn't go far enough to restore full justice for perry patel absolutely this should be something that's talked about all the time this woman shouldn't be in fucking jail are you out of your mind She's in a shit situation. Yes. You forced her hand into a terrible situation. And the adequate health
2: assistance that was was needed was not available to well,
1: her. Well, she got emergency care. I mean, she's alive you know, she did get the assistance that she needed eventually. But, but your
2: argument is she didn't have a place to go for the abortion.
1: Yeah, of course, right. And she wouldn't have had to have weighed X amount of time. Like, yeah, of course, it's a horrific, you know, nobody likes it. That, that's, that's the point too that I, again, I think it's lost in the thing where people on the pro-life side are like, we're crusading for Jesus's children. But it's like, I don't want abortion to be a prominent thing, but it's a thing. And if you, people are going to do it, the question is do you want them to do it in a back alley scenario like this woman or do you want them to be able to walk into a fucking planned parenthood get the proper treatment uh you know learn the facts about it and and make a decision for themselves that's we live in a personal responsibility world isn't that what the republicans are always trying to say and also the other
2: thing too is because the uh there wasn't a place for her to go to assist her with this issue. All right. The child's life is gone. She's in prison, and her family is ashamed because they've not not—they've lost a daughter.
1: Yeah, well, they, you know, look, I don't know much about the family, but I got to tell you, they are to blame uh, as well, because maybe if you weren't these, like, insane fundamentalist-type people, you'd understand that, you know, uh, w- women, men... Of a certain age, they they like to have r- sexual relationships, and sometimes things happen, and it is what it is. Stop it with your your ancient books telling you that you can and can't do things. I, I fucking hate that shit. Burn the burkas, have the abortions. No, you know, it's like uh, the super religious stuff really uh, – no, we can't call the episode Burn the Burkas. I'm have writing the, it down. All right, maybe we call the episode MSP91 Burn the Burkas, Have the Abortions. That's a grabby <laughs> one. Uh all right, you got any? <laughs> you got any final thoughts, Hannah? What, what do you think? You, you like that title? Say it into the microphone. Come Turn on. it on. You're leaving next I, week. Yeah, uh, I think you should go for it. I like. It. Okay, thank you. I'm thank proud you. of you for, for chiming <laughs> in. Um, got any final thoughts on the show? Uh, I just, I,
2: <sighs> I want to live in a world where this individual didn't have to feel that this was the only solution in a world where she could have calmly sit down and decide what she wanted to do with her life and have been given the tools to have done that. Yeah. Because I'm 100% sure this is not the way she thought or intended this to happen.
1: No, of course. Of course. Um, That's well said. That's the thing, right? And and (laughs) that's the situation, I think, that people... I feel like a lot of people that come strong against abortion or whatever, they're, they're coming from a position where they're not, they're not willing to recognize that sometimes a kid is going to be born into a cycle of whatever poverty, violence, um, discrimination, this situation with this woman's being, uh, you know, in a, in an oppressive religious, whatever. That's not healthy for a kid. And you're just creating more people that are going to be lost in the world and are not going to be getting the help that you're referring to Mm -hmm. and the love and support. That's what we need to do. Instead of worrying about – because naturally if you make the world better, if you give people the ability to make – better choices, provide them with better education, give them healthcare. give them options, give them support. Like you're talking about, they're going to naturally have less abortions because a, they won't be scared to bring up a kid in that world because they know they'll have support. And B they'll probably not be having just, you know, well, whatever. I mean, I, but whatever, like random sex with people and getting like they'll be able to make better choices because they're being raised in an environment that is supportive of making better choices. You, you understand what Correct. I'm saying? So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. And that, that's what we should be focusing on. There's people on earth right now that need your help. F- focus on that. Make this place better. You're here now. Stop stop worrying about the future abortions that people may or may not have and how Jesus is going to be upset at you about that. It's a silly, silly mindset.
2: Yeah, but that mindset is designed to be a reg issue yep. to prevent progress from happening.
1: It is impossible impossible to argue against an infallible gun, And that's what's really insidious and frustrating about religion. And it happens all over the world. That's what's happening in the middle East. That's what's happening in the middle of Texas. That's what's happening all over the place. Um, And it's bad. The less we have it, the better off we're going to be. It doesn't mean immoral. It doesn't mean that we, we talk about it all the time. It's a humanist perspective. We are truly all in this together. That is all we definitely know for sure. I'm here you're here. Maybe we're in a computer simulation. I don't know. But we're here. I don't know where we were before. I don't know where we're going after. We're I don't know now. if it's Allah. I don't know if it's Jesus. I don't know if it's Ganesh. I have no idea. What I do know is that we're here, and we could probably all make this shit a lot better for everyone if we just understood that fact and got on board together. That's really all we can do. Forget the ancient texts. Enough. It's time for some new policy, Chris i agree uh there's some new policy going on at fox news you'd like to get into this great segue thank you i've been segueing up a storm today we're going to talk about roger ailes and rupert murdoch uh, there's been a big situation going on at fox news and the I true think, power couple yeah ew they're so gross together uh <laughs> murdales uh Ru- forget it i can't combine their names um This transitions nicely into the 2016 update, which we have a long 2016 update, too, which I'm pretty excited to get into. This will be the transition into it. Last Thursday, Roger Ailes, the Fox News Channel chairman since 1996, was forced to resign or get fired by August 1st. He chose the former resigning. Resigning. Ailes came under fire after longtime former host Gretchen Carlson and current anchor Megan Kelly, who's like the star of the network essentially, made allegations in connection to a lawsuit. Carlson Carl made allegations in connection to a lawsuit Carlson filed July sixth over Ailes' alleged multiple cases of sexual harassment during their time together at. Fox. Now, I have a bunch of quotes in the email. Six other women, but maybe as many as 20 other women now, have come forward after Carlson went public with the lawsuit. Um, Here's some quotes from from Gretchen Carlson. Because this is a huge impact now. Fox News is responsible in large part for the idea. We were talking about this in the office before we even started recording. Fox has been hammering Hillary Clinton for years year after year after year, that she's untrustworthy, emails, Benghazi, this shit, that shit. And 20, that's,
2: 20 years, you would say, right? Well, yeah,
1: but I'm saying with the specific stuff that they're talking about, her untrustworthiness, this is what's been going on. Mm-hmm. And that's why her numbers are like that. People don't even really understand. Why is she un- untrustworthy? What do you actually... What, what wouldn't you trust her with? Everything. Okay. But that's because an, an entire news organization has just dedicated themselves to the idea that this woman is untrustworthy, and that's their only way of getting their person elected. Now... The person that has run Fox News for that entire time and has been quoted as recently as 2012 as saying, I want to be responsible for electing the next president. He wanted Romney to be the president. No. Uh, he's out. So that's a huge deal. And we'll get into that in a minute. Now, as far as the Gretchen Carlson suit alleg- uh, allegations are concerned, Ailes, this again, all alleged, I'm not saying this actually happened, but allegedly in the lawsuit from Carlson, Ailes said to her, you and I should have had a sexual relationship a long time ago, and then you'd be good and better, and I'd be good and better. Sometimes problems are easier to solve that way. When Carlson refused his advances and complained about the harassment, Ailes had her reassigned from Fox and Friends, which is true. I mean, she wasn't on Fox and Friends anymore, Mm -hmm. to a less desirable afternoon slot, slashed her pay, and ultimately fired her. Now, I have some other quotes here from an, an anonymous Fox News, a couple of anonymous Fox News sources, which... Okay, they are anonymous. They're in the lawsuit, so none of this has actually been proven. But Ailes did resign <laughs> in the wake of this stuff, and, he, and he's dealing with it. And I've read a ton of shit about this guy in recent days. We thought it would happen after she was taken off of Fox and Friends. She kept quiet because Roger gave her the afternoon show, but everyone at Fox knew it was eventually coming. He hated her and would tell people that she was a crazy, vindictive bitch. <laughs> That's a quote wow. from an anonymous source. Another anonymous source at Fox. He always brags to people about how he doesn't do polling or testing when he chooses his on-air talent. He told me that if he was thinking of hiring a woman, he'd ask himself if he would fuck her, and if he would, then he'd hire her to be on camera. He then said if it was a man, he'd think about whether he could sit down for a baseball game with him and not get annoyed of him. If he could, then he'd hire him. (laughs) Uh, Diane Diamond, who was a former hard copy and Fox news reporter had this to say, there was a good old boys network thing there at Fox. There was when I was there. It's a boy shop. You do not complain. You've got to wear short, uh, your short skirts and your heels high, and you got to put lots of makeup on. If you're a woman, uh, Gretchen Carlson also says that she wasn't allowed to wear pants while she was on Fox and friends. (laughs) (laughs) She was not allowed to wear pants. No pants for you. Gretchen. Yeah. Uh, I also read some other stuff, which I don't even have these quotes in Underpants here. Pants Gretchen, nah, yeah, that's what they called her. Around no, the no, old no the title. Season. I
2: know. Oh, uh,
1: we're probably gonna do the bird of the one. Well. Okay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> whatever. We'll get we'll get uh, a lot of complaints about that, but I think we'll go for it. I'll blame Hannah. She told me to go for it. Um, I read a bunch of other stuff about this thing with Roger Ailes. Do some research about it. It's kind of interesting. I mean, none of it's proven necessarily yet, mm-hmm. but he has a weird thing with like stockings. He would buy women that he would interview, stock, like garter belts and stockings, and he'd have them try it on like in his office. For him. Yeah, and he'd like mm-hmm. grab their ass. It's He's a creepy dude, if any of this shit is true. And listen, let's be honest. Turn on Fox News for 10 minutes. Are any of the women wearing pants? Are they all like pretty hot? They're all wearing, like, short skirts and heels. You think they all just want to show up to work looking like that? They have an image
2: that they have to portray.
1: Yeah, according to who?
2: <laughs> Your boss.
1: Exactly. So, that, you know, I think there's – you just have to – the proof is in the pudding. Just look yes. at the network. You can see what's going on there. Um, uh, so that's
2: interesting. The thing I find interesting about this whole thing mm-hmm. is you gave him the option to resign – to be fired However You're going to allow him To remain as a consultant To the network Until 2018 What? And somehow get paid 40 million dollars So what kind of message Are you s-
1: Telling anybody? It means hey, You might be a scumbag Piece of shit But you made us money You did the right thing with the number one rated f- uh, Cable news network In the world I don't care How many women You sexually harass It doesn't matter It works apparently But <laughs> 40 million. Here you go, bud. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's of course it's crazy, but that's the type of reprehensible corporate corruption that pervades all aspects of Our world right now that's the problem the golden parachutes people leave government and they go right back into that's what i was talking about before they go right back into their private job here here's three million dollars you consult with us don't worry about it you'll get back you'll get elected again that's the problem nobody is held accountable for any of the fucked up shit they're doing from military people to hillary clinton even if she did something with with the emails although she was you know uh No charges should have been brought according to the FBI, but whatever. But it's like nobody's held accountable for any of this stuff. That's why the same shit keeps happening. That's what we're talking about. But you, you have women...
2: That were not only sexual harassed, yeah. but their livelihoods.
1: Oh, absolutely. You think Gretchen Carlson? I mean, Gretchen Carlson do work from, on MSNBC now, but will prevent
2: it from possible growth because somebody wanted to put a dick in them.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, that's a horrific way to put it. No, just kidding. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, but there's other instances where I've read where he'll he'll be like, "Look, if you suck my dick, like you're in." Jeez. Women will do. You know, like you get put in these crazy situations. Young women, yeah, they they're going to do that probably. And who's benefiting from that?
2: this come back on top,
1: exactly. Um, so anyway, so we'll see. We'll keep our eye on this because this is a big story. Now, beyond that, media mogul Rupert Murdoch has taken Ale's place at the helm of Fox News Channel for the time being. What effect could this have on the election, Joey? Here's my. This is how we're going to segue into the 2016 update. We'll just mm-hmm. finish up with this part of this thing because this is interesting. Again, Fox News, major conservative news channel. That's where you're going to go if you're a Republican. You watch Fox hammering Hillary Clinton. That's where you're going to go. Last week, the Murdoch-owned New York Post printed nude photos of Melania Trump in back-to-back editions, including two covers in a row with headlines of The Ogle Office and Menage Trump. (laughs) Very creative. Now, these are pictures of, of her... Naked. I mean, they've just set in the her public n- domain. These you can Google, just Google New York Post no, no, covers. No, you can see. N- that. No, I, I I know they posted the pictures. Well, they must have purchased the pictures uh, they from bought wherever. they're old modeling photos of Melania Trump. Which is, I mean, I don't give a shit that she. Yeah, she was a model. Did nude photographer? Who cares? That's insane. Again, weirdo puritanical fucking morality. I don't care. So what? She was attractive. She took her clothes off. She got paid for it. And good for her. Great. And she nailed. She you know managed to. Locked down a fucking billionaire in the process, so good for her. Point being, though, they're do- what is the reason to do this? Is it to sell newspapers? Is it to try to derail Trump? Or is it to be a distraction from some of the other stuff that Trump has been facing over the last week or so with Kazir Khan and all this stuff mm-hmm. that we're going to get into in the update? Because um, Murdoch's at the helm of both of these things now.
2: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Right. That's why I'm bringing it up. I you know
2: what uh, w- maybe it just comes down to he's trying to sell as many, uh, they still cut prescriptions subscriptions Subscription or whatever yeah he's just trying to sell as many newspapers as he can and maybe he knows that putting an attractive woman who used to do modeling would sell newspapers
1: yeah I mean it could be it could be as simple as that it just raises questions because he if he wants to put any. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Uh, of course, Melania Trump's nude photos are going to be eye-catching. Yes. The question becomes, though, is Murdoch as in the corner of Tr- Maybe he doesn't like Trump. You know what I mean? Who knows? Ailes was certainly willing to put him on TV and do this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Murdoch's not. And that's going to be a huge problem if he doesn't have the full support of Fox News. But I'm assuming... Even though he's got the fucking full support of CNN, for Christ's sake. Yeah, but also, I'm
2: uh, I'm assuming that if you're Robert Murdoch, you trust... Rupert. Rupert. Rupert Murdoch. Rupert has a terrible Australian has, has as him. much faith in Roger Ailes and is considering keeping him on as a consultant.
1: Yeah, but that's a consultant's yeah, job. Yeah,
2: which it. means you can call him and go, hey, how do you feel about this?
1: Yeah, but he's not going to do that anyway. It's just an excuse to give him $40 million. You know? It's a great I mean, excuse can, to give somebody $40 million. He can text Roger Ailes and be like, hey, what do you think we should do here? Um,
2: that's one. That's one expensive text message.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, anyway, so I wanted to put that out there. It's an interesting thing. So now Murdoch's at the helm of Fox News Channel once again. Ailes is out, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see how that affects the election, if at all. The question
2: now becomes: Is Roger Ailes done in his public life?
1: I don't know. You never know with guys like this. I mean, he can wait a few years and come back. First of all, you got to figure he's going to beat the case, right? He's got. More, I mean, unless it's airtight. um,
2: They have video of him doing it, you're saying?
1: Yeah, it's going to be, it's he said, she said, essentially. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter that other people are willing to corroborate the story. It's it's the same thing. Um, But the fact
2: that they gave him the ultimatum of.
1: Yeah, because it looks bad for them, but it doesn't mean that they believe. They're like, look, we're going to fire you or you resign. We'll see what happens. But you that know?
2: proves that he's guilty of doing it, doesn't No, it, it not. doesn't prove. No, absolutely no, it not. Doesn't. It's just,
1: it's a stain on the company. It just doesn't look good to have somebody going through. Look at Tiger Woods. When Tiger Woods was on top of the world, it's got all these sponsorships, all this shit. And then, it, oh, it turns out Tiger Woods is just banging every cocktail wait- waitress from coast to coast. That doesn't look good for for Rolex or whoever, Cadillac. So they drop him. Mm -hmm. But then Tiger rehabs his image a little bit. It comes back, starts winning tournaments. Ah, we'll sponsor you again. It just looks bad at the time because if it costs them money, they're not interested. It's the same thing with Kurt Schilling. Remember we talked about this shit. When he goes after the transgender situation with the bathrooms, too far. People are very sensitive about that. You're fired. When he goes after Muslim people, Nah, people probably agree okay. with that. Where we could still sell Tide and the grow cat. You know what I mean? It's it's that it's that type of equation. It's not a moral thing. And plus, a lot of people probably don't even think it's that big a deal what Ailes does. I go, ah, that's just Ailes being Ailes. Yeah. yeah, so what? He pats them on the ass. He loves the short skirts. He's a crazy fuck. Makes us millions of dollars every year. You know, it's like he's a legend. That's yeah, eh, right? You can see that being the attitude. So, anyways, uh, we'll see what happens with that. You ready to get into this 2016 update? Yeah. This episode went quicker than I thought, which I think is fine. We've done a few, you it's know. It's fine. Well, I got I got clips here, so we actually might end up going a little bit longer than I'm thinking anyway. 538.com, Joey. Here are the numbers. As they stand right now, Gary Johnson... Uh, percentage chance of winning the election is at less than one-tenth of one percent yeah baby <laughs> that is what i call my dog <laughs> that's right you're gary fully. johnson is my dog <laughs> <cost>. <laughs> i give you the worst odds of all time and you're like that's the guy i'm baby. gonna take him <laughs> how much money what is you? the matter with you i bet how you a million dollars i don't have that type of all money. right whatever you got i'll take it for you um jill stein doesn't register in this now, there's was she
2: not a, a viable option? She's just this? not
1: polling high enough to like factor into these percentage chances of winning. She's just not going to. We got to fix that. Yeah, we'll work on it. Polls plus uh, forecasting by 538. This includes all the polls weighted, you know, weighted against like which ones are historically mm-hmm. more accurate, all that stuff. You can go on 538.com and read the methodology. I don't remember it all offhand. Uh, it also factors in the economy and historically how well a front runner does at this point. So this is the polls plus forecast. According to that, Hillary Clinton is at a 69.4% chance of winning the election. Mm. Trump is at 30.6. <laughs> now again, this is all post democratic national convention, okay. which went swimmingly well for the Democrats. Like I didn't even describe it. No, it just was unbelievable. It was perfect. And they got a huge bounce and that's what we were talking about. According to the polls only forecasts, just polls weighted and mm-hmm. according to the proper methodology, 73.2% chance Hillary becomes president, 267 wow. for Trump, right? If the election took place today, the now cast, 88.6% chance that Hillary Clinton becomes president, 11.3% that Trump gets into office. All right. So that's the current state of the election. And honestly, dude, once it hits Labor Day, unless something magnificent happens or something terrible happens, that's where it's going to stay pretty much.
2: Uh, I just feel he's been digging a hole. Oh, he's completely ill-equipped to do this. And and he's just digging down. Maybe if he could dig to the right or the left, maybe he could get out of it. Yeah, uh, But he just keeps on digging down.
1: Well, he's not qualified. Again, Like he's not qualified to be private. We've been saying this since day one. He might be entertaining. He might be saying certain things that you like to hear that mm. you wish you heard from other politicians. But he's not equipped to run the government. He just isn't. And if he got elected and he was able to do it, it means anybody can do it. That means that the government doesn't actually do anything that we think it does. It would shatter the entire illusion, which is another reason why Trump's never going to get in there. Ooh. Um, Hillary Clinton, Joey, accepted the nomination. First woman. She made history doing it. Would you like to watch Hillary Clinton make history, Joey? Yes, I would. Um, okay. In a lovely white suit. Pantsuit, her classic outfit. This is Hillary Rodham Clinton making history... Last week, accepting the nomination for President of the United States for the first time of a major political party. Hillary, take it away, sweetie pie. Oh, that's so condescending. I'm going to get such letters.
3: Toward. And so, my friends, it is with humility, determination, and boundless confidence in America's promise that I accept your nomination. <laughs>
1: What a pop. Oh, yeah. She got it. Oh, she looks genuinely happy. That's the happiest I've ever seen her look. Orlando Bloom, what are you doing here? You're watching the video, folks. There you go, Joey. That's history in the making. Yeah. Yeah. She did
0: it.
2: She did do it.
1: Not yet. Bill, Chelsea. Oh, can I say this, by the way? Just in case people think that I'm like some kind of shill for the, the left. Chelsea's speech I thought was abysmal. Couldn't stand it. Oh, I thought she did great. No, I thought it was absolutely terrible. Ivanka, I mean, if you're just comparing the two of them, wow, Ivanka just blew her out of the water. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Chelsea's was very boring. I did not care for it. Wow. Oh, who cares? I'm just saying, you know, I'm just making, okay. So Hillary accepts the nomination. Now again, she gave an hour speech. It was good. We talked about it last week that Obama absolutely blew the fucking roof off with his. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Um, Hers was fine. It wasn't, I wasn't like, wow, that was an amazing speech. But she did a good job. She talked for an hour. She hit the high point. She did the right stuff. Mm -hmm. And she capitalized on the groundwork that was laid out over the, the previous few days at the convention. So it was good. It wasn't the worst
2: speech. wasn't the best speech.
1: No, it was fine. It was, it was what she needed to do. Yes. She did. We said it last week. The bases are loaded, base it. And she, she hit a got base a base hit. hit. It. She might have hit a double. She might have stolen third. You know, it's like she did a pretty good job. The other big story, Joe, at the DNC, Kazir uh, Khan, who's the father of an American Muslim soldier killed in Iraq, named Captain Humayun Khan, who was awarded the Bronze Star and Purple Heart for saving the lives of his fellow soldiers in Iraq. Um, this Kazir this Khan has played a major post-convention role, and to your point, Trump keeps digging this hole, it has a lot to do with the Kazir Khan statement at the DNC, yes. uh, which you, when you watch it, we're going to listen to the whole thing. It's only a few minutes. When you listen to it, you go, wow, this guy, that was powerful. That's like a pretty you know, big statement for this guy to make. Again, another Muslim guy coming out and being like, no, I love this country. This is my country, um, which is nice to see. Not again. Not that it's super necessary, but for people that do think that's here, you go. Mm-hmm. Here's another one. Interesting. And Trump had no idea how to respond to it. We'll get into that in a minute. This is the full Kazir Khan DNC speech. Let me know if you want to say anything, Joey. But pretty much, we could listen to it. Yeah. Pretty powerful stuff. I think this guy did a great job. Important to note, his wife Ghazala Khan is standing next to him. She's wearing the the headscarf. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't talk during this, but she's standing next to him. Yes. That becomes a major point afterwards uh, with Trump. But let's listen to the speech and just, and then we'll go from there. Kazir Khan at the podium at the DNC.
3: We are honored to stand here as parents of Captain Himayun Khan and as patriotic American Muslims.
1: people at the dnc when he says that line this is like when you set up a a box Mm -hmm. with like a stick under it, just in case the little mouse like runs over and knocks the stick over and now gets trapped under the box. That's what they were doing for Trump. That's what this whole speech was. Yes. This speech is a box. And then the tweet is just a stick that when he sends it, it's going to knock it down and trap him in the box because he's been fucked since this speech went down. Yes. And this is, and I'm not joking about this guy. Like this guy, awesome dude. And he gave a phenomenal speech and, and I'm very impressed by him.
3: As patriotic American Muslims with undivided loyalty to our country, like many immigrants, we came to this country empty handed. We believed in American democracy that with hard work and goodness of this country we could share in and contribute to its blessings. We are blessed to raise our three sons in a nation where they were free to be themselves and follow their dreams. Our son own had dreams, too, of being a military lawyer, but he put those dreams aside the day he sacrificed his life to save the lives of his fellow soldiers. Hillary Clinton was right when she called my son the best of America. If, if it was up to Donald Trump, here we go. he never would have been in America.
1: Which
2: is true. I mean, this is the thing. That's true. It's a foul statement. Right.
3: Donald Trump consistently smears the character of Muslims. He disrespects other minorities, women, judges, even his own party leadership. He vows to build walls and ban us from this country. Donald Trump, oh. you are asking Americans to trust you with their future. Let me ask you: Have you even read the United States Constitution? Good question. I will.
1: I will gladly lend you. Oh! And now he pulls his own. Pocket Constitution out of his jacket. Uh, that's planted. That's well, over the top. No, hard. it's not over the top. And let I me feel tell you, it's this. Over the top. Well, let me let me say what I'm going to say, and then mm-hmm. you can uh, disagree or not. A lot of people I've been reading say that's the that exact Constitution that you get there looks a lot like what you get when you become an American citizen. You go through the process, and they give you a pocket Constitution mm-hmm. like that, and that's what they're saying. He probably got that when he actually became a citizen of the country, and he, he probably it. carries it around. Yeah. yeah. Ouch! In this document. And Trump had no idea how to come back at this, and so we're gonna get into that. Well, because what do you say?
2: You don't always have to
1: make a response. Well, that's the, that speaks to temperament, doesn't it?
3: Look for the words. Look for the words liberty and equal protection of law. Have you ever been to Arlington Cemetery? Go look at the graves of brave patriots who died defending United States of America. I- I've
1: You'll loved see this guy for saying United States. All it faiths, really
3: genders, and ethnicities—you have sacrificed nothing,
2: uh, and yeah.
3: no one.
2: Uh,
1: hard to argue. We
3: cannot solve. We cannot solve our problems by building walls, sowing division. We are stronger together. And we will keep getting stronger when Hillary Clinton becomes our president. In conclusion, I ask every patriot American,
2: all Muslim
3: immigrants, and all immigrants, to not take this election lightly. This is a historic election, and I request to honor the sacrifice of my son. And on election day, take the time to get out and vote, and vote for the healer, vote for the strongest, most qualified candidate, Hillary Clinton, not the divider. God bless you, thank you. you.
1: Okay, so that's
2: devastating. Uh, Yes. (laughs) see this is the situation in which there is nothing Donald Trump can do or say.
1: The only thing he can say in that circumstance is go, That's wow, their opinion. That, no, no. A great speech. Yep. The Kazir Khan was wonderful. I thought his wife looked b- beautiful next to him. I don't agree. I honor his son's memory. And respectfully, no, of course, th- those are the type of people that I want in this country, and I, I reject that. That's all. That's all I said, you move on. What Donald Trump decided to do the next day was talk about gazala Khan his wife saying if you look at his wife she was standing there she had nothing to say she probably maybe she wasn't allowed to have anything to say you tell me implying that because she's a muslim woman Mm -hmm. she was like not allowed to talk and when she later responded to the whole thing was like no i'm in crippling pain because i lost my son i i feel terrible and i didn't want to say anything i was too emotional like oh that's a that makes sense okay sure yeah that probably could also be the truth um it kept going. I mean there's a lot more going on with that whole thing. Yeah, you're right. It speaks to temperament which he has not. He can't help himself. He has to. It's why would you in your right mind attack parents of somebody who's <laughs> an, like like somebody who obviously would become a symbol of the American military, a Muslim immigrant mm-hmm. son who gives up his own life to save his American brethren, and friend you know what yes. I mean like what are you out of your mind a that's you're go? family yeah it's just a crazy move yes. and that's okay so that's part of the problem uh what do I got here oh here's Hillary Clinton oh no 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 that's a little bit later okay you got any final thoughts now of course back and forth back and forth it's very. Kazir Khan said he has a black soul and all this stuff, but it's really hurting Trump. He doesn't know what to do. Trump should have just kept his mouth shut. Yeah, pretend or, it never happened.
2: Just it never
1: happened. Right? You don't even have to comment on it. And if somebody asks you, you, go look. I thought the guy gave a great speech. Yeah, that's all. Just move on. Thank you. He I gave I, a speech. I, I, I'm sorry for your loss, and thank you for your son's service. Done. Move on. He can't. He can't help himself. Both Trumpster and Hill Doggy Dog started receiving classified briefings this week. Big concern uh, that Trump uh, will leak the information on the part of the intelligence community. Uh, turns out he pretty much did do that the other day. He, I'm pretty sure there's nothing in there that would be groundbreaking. Uh, the, the daily intelligence briefings that they get, the classified brief. of course there is. What are you talking about? The fucking August, what I forget what day it was, August whatever, memo that Bush got about uh, bin Laden determined to strike in the US. That shit, they're going to have to let these two know. They have to hit the ground running. There's no transition period. They leave office, they take over. That's it. Now you're the president. I I didn't want
2: him anywhere near that information. Well, and
1: that was a big concern that they, but he has received some briefings. Then he went off on this whole tangent about Iran. He saw a video, top secret video of Iran receiving pallets of Like, you can't, you're not supposed to talk about this shit. You nut. Didn't you also sign a non-disclosure agreement? Well, it's not a fucking business, but it's, you're supposed... To, if... Look... This again. This is the problem. If you're qualified to be the president of the United States, you understand that if it's top secret classified information that only you and two other people are fucking privy to, you don't talk about it. It about shouldn't it. have to be something where you're sworn to fucking uh, sign this uh, under penalty of death. Like he's just a dunce. That's not qualified. That's the that's the problem. You think anybody was concerned that if we tell Hillary this, she's gonna r- go y- yell to everybody? No. She's gonna tell Bill in bed though. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. He doesn't want to know. He got it for eight years. He's done. I got a video here. This is a really interesting video. Cause I, we're like joking a little bit about it. This is a video of Joe Scarborough, who's a I believe it was a, a former congressman, but he's a conservative Republican mm-hmm. guy. But he has a show called Morning Joe on MSNBC. Him and Mika Brzezinski host it. Uh this is a video of him from the show talking about Donald Trump and nukes. And you tell me if this is a laughing matter because this is something that I said right off the bat. Like, is this really the guy that you want to have around nuclear weapons? Legitimately the only one that can say yes or no to using them? Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a clip of Joe Scarborough, a Republican, mind you, talking about Donald Trump and nuclear weapons. Here, here wait, Several I want to start months, it over. Hold I'll
0: Be on. very careful here. Several months ago... Uh, A foreign policy expert on the international level went to advise Donald Trump. And three times he asked about the use of nuclear weapons. Mm. Three times he asked at one point, if we have them, why can't we use them? That's one of the reasons why he he just doesn't have foreign policy experts around him. Trump asked three times. Three times in an hour briefing. Why can't we use nuclear weapons? With that. Be careful,
1: America, and be careful, Republican
2: leaders.
0: So General Hayden. Your party um, is
2: blowing up.
1: (laughs) Uh, Mika Brzezinski, her dad, Zebenu Brzezinski, was like Secretary of Defense. Okay, so she has a pretty good pedigree. She knows uh, what's uh, going of on of this
2: country. Yeah, oh, the okay.
1: United States of America. Yeah, they're Polish, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just. Um, okay, so that's not a joke. When the guy is being briefed, and he's like, "What about the nukes, though? Can I drop those? Why can't we use those? Because you'll the world will end. That's mm-hmm. literally yes. why. And also, they're not like surgical strikes, like we talked about with the fucking Syrian airstrikes. No, you can't control goes. Yeah, you're gonna kill millions of people. You goon. What are you talking about? It's mutually assured destruction. We can't use nuclear weapons, which again begs the question. Why do we even have a stockpile of thousands? Maybe we get rid of all of them across the the world. Like, Mm -hmm. okay. Um, But that's why. And that's not a joke. And I don't think people that are enjoying Trump's run because he's um, not politically correct. I, I think you're. I think you're making a big mistake with that because that's a real thing—the nuclear weapon thing. Oh, okay, Trump's willing to say what he wants. He's kind of a talk from the hip guy. Is he? Good. Is he willing to go? Press listen the button. to Doug Stanhope then, if you want to talk from the hip, uh, shoot from the hip type of guy. He doesn't. He, he's hilarious. He'll say what he wants, but he's not going to kill all of us. He doesn't want to be the president. Trump does. That's legitimate, and he'd have the power to do so. It's a pretty scary thing to watch. I think.
2: Yeah, I don't want him near anything that goes boom, boom.
1: Right. Well, okay. I wish you didn't say it like that, but yeah, understood. Um, I have a final clip here, Obama on Trump. Now, this was the other day, and then we'll wrap up. I have one more point about Hillary, and then we're done with the show. This is, oh, I guess maybe we'll get into the emails, actually. We probably do have it Ooh, time. sounds like fun. All right, so let's, uh, let's listen to President Barack Obama on Donald Trump the other day.
2: Mama. What good? I I do have a question. I okay. really thought you would have brought up another incident that happened to Trump, but uh, I don't think going to it? touch. Uh about the whole Warren Buffett thing. What good? That Warren Buffett wants to see his taxes.
1: Yeah, okay, we all do. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter. we were talking about this in the office again earlier, like yeah, to people who are reasonable and paying attention and are interested in the facts of a situation, somebody like Warren Buffett who by all accounts is a good guy, a philanthropic guy way richer than Trump, way more successful than Trump says, I want to see Trump's tax returns. Yeah. That should, that should carry some weight, but I guarantee you that the people that are really Trump's base and are really supporting Trump, they don't give a fuck with Warren Buffett. He's a shell. He's in the, you know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't matter what he says. Mm-hmm. So that's that, you know, stuff like that doesn't really matter, but yeah, of course everybody would like to see his tax. Why wouldn't you want to see it? I want to see all their, their information.
0: Yeah. I think the uh, Republican nominee is unfit.
1: That's pff, unprecedented, really, to say that. Now, it's a little bit crazy because in every election, that rhetoric gets thrown around a little where it's like, it's very dangerous if this person becomes... No, but this one, like we, we we probably, mean we've it. cried wolf a number of times, but this one, it's really dangerous if this guy becomes president. The sitting president of the United States, forget party, says... This guy's the Republican nominee is unfit <laughs> uh,
0: to serve as president. Uh, I said so last week, and uh, he keeps on proving it. The notion that he would attack uh, a Gold Star family, the fact that he doesn't appear to have basic knowledge around uh, critical issues in Europe, in the Middle East, in Asia, um, means that he's woefully unprepared. This is not just my opinion. I think what's been interesting is the repeated denunciations of his statements by leading Republicans. If you are repeatedly having to say in very strong terms that what he has said is unacceptable, why are you still endorsing him? This isn't a situation where you have an episodic gaffe. This is daily and weekly, where they are distancing themselves from statements he's making. There has to be a point at which you say, this is not somebody I can support for president of the United States. There has to come a point at which you say, enough.
1: Yeah, we'll see when that's not happening. Yeah, that point's not going to come. Well, maybe. I mean, you hear a lot of stuff. I've been hearing things that they're talking about doing a a convention redo that they got to redo this whole thing. It's too late now. They had an opportunity to block him and no one grew their balls. I think if they got rid of Trump and brought in a new candidate and did like a new convention, they'd win. Maybe. Maybe. I it, can't see that happening. It's so bold a move and so interesting a move that the attention they would get and the goodwill that they would get for finally like going against their own guy, I got to say, I, think, I don't think... I think America is fascinated by the spectacle. And I think if they can put on an amazing spectacle, because then you only got the guy to run for like 90 days, 80 days. He's got a debate. I... It's possible. Again, this thing gets swung by five, six million votes. It's not like anybody loves Hillary. She's just obviously clearly better than Trump. But what have you got somebody that seems pretty good? What have you brought in? What have you got? What have you just brought in Kasich? Because all eyes would be on it. The problem of nobody knows who he is erases very quickly uh, because everybody would have to pay attention to it. Ah. It's, I'm just saying, I'm not saying that's going to happen. but It's a
2: huge gamble.
1: Well, the gamble is already, they're not going to win. Obviously, it's not going to happen. Okay. So they already gambled on Trump and it's a loss. So what if you got to spin the wheel again and not have lost any money?
2: But, yeah, and you pick Ted Cruz.
1: No, you don't pick fucking Ted Cruz. You, you got to pick somebody who is moderate. You have to go with the, I'm saying like a Kasich potentially, or like a Jeb, maybe a Jeb Bush, you know. Somebody that at least appears like they know what they're doing. Kasich, Kasich's the right move. I, I, if you're going to replace him, you go with Kasich. Romney, Kasich. I don't know. There's somebody out there.
2: I just don't think there's enough time.
1: Well, that's my point. I think if you do it, qu- if you think if you do it with just enough time left, which I think you're at right now, you have to shit or get off the pot. Uh, you could do something, but so you have what? Two weeks, you're saying? Yeah, maybe. But but again, the problem is Trump is going to be a huge problem. Oh, he's going to be so. Like scary. if you oust him, he's not, you think he's just going to go away quietly? I don't think so. No. So anyway, they're in a horrific situation that they've brought on themselves. And there you go. That man Report hasn't done himself.
2: anything quiet in his entire
1: life. No. Uh Joey, finally Hillary Clinton in her first Fox interview in five years blamed Russia on the DNC hacks and connected Trump to Putin. I have those quotes here. Uh, we know that Russian intelligence services hacked into the, the DNC and we know that they arranged for a lot of those emails to be released and we know that Donald Trump has shown a very troubling willingness to back up Putin to support Putin but I think laying out the facts raises serious issues about Russian interference in our elections and our democracy for Trump to both encourage that and to praise Putin despite what appears to be a deliberate effort to try to affect the election I think raises national security issues well yeah yes Hillary I agree it's interesting though because they're pushing the idea that it is Russia. I don't know; it hasn't been confirmed yet, but that's the narrative. And even if I mean, it turns if they out want it's Russia, not, let it be Russia. Right, everybody, it's going to be exactly. It's going to be Russia. Yeah, it's going to be Russia. Uh, all right, that's what I got on the twenty sixteen update. Wild times, Joey. Crazy. Do you think we should get into some of these emails? Yes, I do. All right, so Joey, our first email is from Evan. We have two emails. I'm just going to read them both. Mm-hmm. I'm breaking the email from a hat thing. Uh, hey, Chris and Joey, love the podcast. I just wanted to get your guys' take on that Bill Nye quote uh, from last year that always floats around Facebook. The quote is, "Yeah, and I didn't. I'm not on Facebook, so I didn't know about this quote." Along with the evidence of common sense, researchers have proven scientifically that humans are all one people. We're a lot like dogs in that regard. If a Great Dane interacts, can we say interact? He means fuck. What? <laughs> He's saying, can we say interact with a chihuahua? He's saying, if a Great Dane fucks a chihuahua, you get a dog. They're all the same species. Same with us. This color of our ancestors' skin and ultimately my skin and your skin is a consequence of ultraviolet light, of latitude and climate. Despite our recent sad conflicts here in the U.S., there really is no such thing as race. We are one species, each of us much, much more alike than different. We all come from Africa. We're all from the same stardust. We're all going to live and die on the same planet, a pale blue dot in the vastness of space. We have to work together. I don't even know what the question is going to be, but obviously I fucking agree with all that. Uh, Evan says, I'm 27 and graduated from college five years ago in 2011. I remember a girl in class say, I don't see myself as any race, just human. I rolled my eyes and thought of her as just another hippie college liberal. Now, just five years later, when I see the comments from the uh, for the Bill Nye quote, which is one of the which is of the same vein, I'm shocked to see that this has possibly become a conservative statement. Well, I don't think Bill Bill Nye is a conservative. How has this happened? How has the worldly egalitarian view of race switched political sides? I realize this sort of goes into. Con- into the conservative all lives matter ideology. But it's weird to think that an all lives matter like movement could have come from liberals just 10 years ago or maybe less. In my opinion, the Bill Nye quote is very politically neutral, but everyone can interpret a different way. Thanks for your take guys. Well, what do you, what do you think about the quote? Jay? I'm not, I gotta be honest. I'm not entirely sure what the question is there exactly. Oh, I guess he's saying because the girl in college seems like a, a hippie liberal. Um, I don't know. I, I honestly, I apologize, Evan. I'm not entirely sure what the question is. But as far as the quote is concerned, I mean, it is, it is a neutral statement. If you're an honest broker, yeah, you can read that. If you have your preconceived, to me, you read that, and that does have liberal leanings, only in the sense that in classic like liberal ideology, that's what's true. This like humanism, that type mm-hmm. of idea. On the right, I think there's more of a willingness to view the other. There's more of a willingness to recognize differences and hold them as reasons to be separate from that group as opposed to, based on fear, I think more than anything, Mm -hmm. as opposed to a willingness on the other side, more to the left, where people are willing to look past differences or see differences but celebrate them as a reason why um, we're all interesting and kind of unique and why we can get along and learn from each other, you know?
2: I, I thought he was stating that he feels that it's becoming more of a conservative ideology, but I, I don't see that. Though.
1: I don't see how that would be the case. Oh, I see. Oh, okay, I see. With the All Lives Matter stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's bullshit, though. All The All Lives Matter rationale is not, like... That you can pay lip service to the idea that like we're all in it together, but like that's not a fucking conservative idea. And all lives matter doesn't really mean that. That's just a way of like getting back at Black Lives Matter and being like, see, they're the racists. Like that's what that's what all that is. Yeah. And I I'm sorry that that's what it, that frankly that's what's going on there. It's not.
2: Uh, it's not genuine.
1: No, it's not. Anybody that's going after Black Lives Matter with All Lives Matter is doing that because they don't understand what Black Lives Matter means to begin with. Period. And it's, again, a way of being like, see, it's reverse racism. They only care about black people. I care about everyone. Well, if you do, you'd understand their fucking point and you wouldn't be championing all lives matter to begin with, you know? Mm. Um, Anyway, I like that quote a lot. And it's the truth. The out-of-Africa theory, that's where we all come from. Right. There's, a, there's different pigmentation. That's all it is. Well, who cares? I never really understood that, too, and it's always been a thing. It's always been a thing in European... Uh, ideology, or whatever. Like, oh, they have dark skin; they're different. Well, yeah, they're just from a different place. It doesn't it doesn't matter.
2: I personally like the uh, the idea that everyone's from stardust. I like. Well, that. and we
1: are that. That's the the bigger truth, and that's what I was talking about earlier in the episode. Right? We're just in space on a rock together. That's all we know about. I mean, we know very little, very little. Even as much progress as we've made, we've know very little about the rest of what the fuck is out there or how we got here or where we go or any of that stuff absolutely we are made of stardust that's the truth we're all made of the same carbon and energy and everything that's always everything that's always been still is okay hmm. and we're all made of that stuff that's, that's his point he's absolutely right about that I completely agree Last email, Joey, and then we'll wrap it up. This is from Feige. And let me say this Feige is the name that it said from Feige, but I saw the real name uh, in the email. So I don't know why you're choosing to use a different name, but that's fine. We'll just go with that. Yo, yo, Chris and Joe and producer. Shout out to Hannah, I guess. Uh, First, for the sake of brevity, let me just say Feathered. (laughs) Oh, this is a a J Train listener, and I really appreciate it. Uh, Now let's talk more about Jill Stein. Thanks to you guys, I know many reasons why Hillary and Trump are both terrible human beings. Well, i got to be honest, I don't think they're terrible human beings. That's not necessarily the case, but okay. Tell the rest of the Samsonites and I uh, all the good things about Jill Stein, if you would, please. I won't vote for Hill Dog or the Dirty Day. I would love to know the reasons why I should vote for Jill. Furthermore, I'd like to be able to make sense of this option when discussing it with my peers and fellow MSP fans. If you can't make this a segment in an episode, uh, it'd be great. Of you, If you could just shoot me uh, some links or materials you're already familiar with and can recommend. Thanks, dudes. Keep doing the great work you do. Big fan. Feej. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I did respond. I sent him some links and things like that. To oh, Rachel nice. Stein. Um, pretty much what I said to Feej was that, and I mean, I can expand on it a little bit here. The main point part about somebody like a Jill Stein is a third party, a fourth party, a fifth party, a sixth party in this country is really what is required because the Green Party then would have to make uh, consensus and majority with. Other parties, the Green Party and the Libertarian Party could probably get together on pot legalization and about lessening sentences for nonviolent drug crimes, things like that. And then if they join with the Democratic Party, now you've created a pretty big majority of people that can actually get something done in Congress. And that's why a Green Party, a third party, Jill Stein, is somebody that's important. Now, being realistic, Jill Stein is not going to become the president. She's just no. not. She's not polling enough. Nonetheless, I'm going to support her. That's somebody I'm going to vote for because I agree with her like 98, 99% of the time on different things. She's for a $15 minimum wage. She's for, uh, care for everybody. She's not for, um, regime change and these unnecessary wars. She's for cutting the military budget. She's for the protections of whistleblowers. She's against corporate financed election. Like these are all things that I firmly believe in. Mm-hmm. And these are things that she a hundred percent supports, that's why she, you know, asked Bernie to potentially take over the ticket, and why, um, you know, she she aligns in a lot of ways with what Bernie was talking about. Now, Bernie obviously is within the system; he's a senator and all that stuff, and he had more of a chance of winning. Um, but the Green Party is is you know environmental protection, things like this, yes. climate change. I agree with pretty much everything she's saying. That's why I would vote for her. I would,
2: so then the question becomes: Yeah. Why is she such a French candidate then?
1: Because we don't have a system in this country that is set up the same way Bernie got fucked in a lot of ways by the DNC, by the establishment process. He's he's a senator, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he got screwed by that. This woman has never even been elected to anything. She's just a doctor that knows what she's talking about. But the system is not set up for her. Nobody knows who she is. People and And the constant fucking rhetoric of, well, she can't win. You're wasting your vote. Aren't you scared mm-hmm. of Trump? Shouldn't you vote against Trump? No. Maybe, maybe if my vote was definitely going to matter in the state that I lived in, maybe I would vote for Hillary. But it it won't. Yeah. And I don't support everything Hillary is for. She's a war hawk. She's not going to be protective of whistleblowers. She's not gonna break up the big bank. She's not she did say in her speech that she's supporting a constitutional amendment to overturn Citizens United. That is almost impossible to happen. Yeah, okay. it's just talk. But good, but but look, but at least she said that. That's yes. good. At least that's out there. But she's not gonna do anything significant there.
2: So what do we do to fix this third party issue? Because if we don't fix it now, then it's not gonna be fixed next year or the following year. So what steps do
1: we take? Well, it's getting money out of politics. I told you. That, that's, that is why Bernie, again, was the right choice and why I support him. And I would continue to support him if he was still involved. He recognizes that the corporate influence over elections and then the corporate influence through lobbying and keeping people in office through fundraising and different things like that, um, that's the problem. That's why you can't get a third party in. The corporate media won't allow Jill Stein... And Gary Johnson to be in the debates until they hit 15% in approved national polls. It's never gonna happen. And that's because it's way easier to have a narrative where it's right versus left, Trump versus Hillary, listen, dumb American, make a choice, one or two. No, there is no three, there is no four, forget that, that's too complicated, it's too confusing. That's why. And Bernie talked about that, and that is the problem, and it's gonna continue to be the problem. When we can get corporate influence out of politics, when it's publicly financed elections, when the election cycle doesn't take two years, it takes eight months, six months, five months like it does in, in other uh, you know Western countries, then we're going to be in good shape. And then we'll have a legitimate chance of getting real democracy and real representatives in there and people of a lot of different backgrounds having to form consensus together. Until that day, until that happens, this is the situation that we're going to be in. Period. And Hillary's not going to be the one to change it. And fucking Trump is certainly not going to be. People that think that are simply just not paying attention. We pay attention. Like, I hate having to do that when I have conversations. And I don't. Believe me, I don't pull that card. But it's like, at the end of the day, I spend hours a week reading and doing research for this podcast. I'm writing up this rundown. And I am paying attention. I promise you I am. I like it. So it's easier for me to pay attention. I do like it. Mm-hmm. But I spent three hours coming up with the rundown for today, looking up facts, researching things, double-checking shit. How many people are doing that? How many people that are actually supporting Trump do that? Not enough. How many people that are supporting Hillary do that? Not enough. But that's the thing. It's super fucking dangerous, and it's very difficult to convince someone who really isn't paying attention. They get their sound bites for supper, and they don't really know what's going on. That's what we're trying to do with the show. That's all we're trying to do. I'm just trying to put out the information in a clear way so that you actually know what's going on. And then, you know, hopefully the thousands of people that listen to the podcast turn into hundreds of thousands and we can fucking do our own thing here and try to get a more, um, you know, involved and informed electorate. But th- that's it, man. Yeah. <laughs> until that happens and until you get the money out of politics, until people really recognize, a majority of people recognize, that that is the problem, which we're, we're not even close not to happening. that. Being, it's never going to stop. And that's why the system perpetuates. It perpetuates itself because it's clamped down in a way, not in this like evil conspiracy type of way, but it's locked down in a way that prevents change from happening.
2: Yeah, it's human nature. Yeah. We're just going to do it the way we've been doing it.
1: Right, because it doesn't seem like that's the problem, so people aren't going to be worried about it. And the reason it doesn't seem like a problem is is because the media is controlled by the very problem. All right. Wonderful way to end. We're all doomed. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Good episode, Joey. Great episode. Um, Samsonites, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. We really love you. Hannah, thank you very much for producing the show. Is this really going to be your last episode of Mandatory Samson before you leave us as an intern? Are you doing one next Thursday? Yes, of course. Then I'll be there. Okay, so this is your second Thank God. we would be so upset. Uh, Thank you for producing the show. Joey, people can go on iTunes. That's what I want people to know. You can go on iTunes. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can rate us. We have a perfect five-star rating on iTunes. Hell yeah. Uh, and you can leave a comment on there, like a rate, you know, a, a review of the show. It really helps. It helps us get up the charts in accordance with the, listen, the listens and things like that. It helps us move up the charts. That's great. We'd love more people to find the program. You can also go to soundcloud.com slash Samson. You can follow us on there. You can leave a comment. Uh, on the episode. I respond to all of those, and Joey does too when he's brought up. You can also email us, sampson at gmail.com. You can find me on all social media platforms at mansamp, M-A-N-S-A-M-P, and it's Mandatory Sampson for short. Uh, no, I said that wrong. doesn't matter. Joey from Jersey, Jersey spelled with a Z, uh, on all social media platforms. We love you guys. We're going to be back for MSP92 next week. I know you can't wait, and neither can we. Goodbye.